Hello and welcome everyone. Uh, my name is Alejandro Gonzalez and welcome to this new podcast I will be starting. My main goal with this podcast is to provide myself a place where I can kind of store my thoughts, store my opinions on things, and then also just discuss my passions, discuss what I'm interested in and share that with the world. And one of those interests and passions happens to be Harry Potter. And for the first few podcasts, that will be my main focus is discussing various aspects of the story, the movies, the books, etc. Now, this is going to be a full kind of deep dive on the story as a whole. So I will be going into plot points, character development, stuff like that. So this is a fair warning to anybody who has not read or watched the stories and would not like spoilers. There will be spoilers. So here's that fair warning right now. Now, a lot of people like to say that Harry Potter is just a kid's story and it's lame because it has to deal with wizards and fantasy and all that good stuff. But what a lot of people fail to realize is that there are a lot of deep themes, mature themes, adult themes discussed in this story. So when people like to say like, oh, it's just a kid's story, it's like, well, no, did you actually read or watch? Like if you had, then you would realize that like, no, there are a lot of deeper, more complex ideas than just a young wizard discovering that, you know, he can do all this magical stuff. Sorcerer's Stone begins with Harry being mistreated by his aunt and uncle because he's different and he's weird and he comes from this side of the family that is magical, which to them is the worst thing in the world, and they mistreat him, downright abuse him. Harry doesn't even realize why he's being mistreated, of the deeper reason why his aunt and uncle pretty much hate him, and he doesn't learn that until he discovers that he's a wizard when Hagrid comes and finds him. And it's this weird, almost blissful moment because he's like, no, I'm not weird, I'm not despised by everyone, it's just I'm not in the right world for myself. I have to be in the wizarding world, not in the, the muggle world or the regular human world. But... He's in the magical world for, I don't know, a few days before he meets Draco Malfoy and he realizes, oh, there's some difference between pure-blood wizards, half-blood wizards, people who come from Muggleborns. And there's this whole kind of distinction between what sort of wizard are you and what sort of family you come from is kind of still defining who you are. Mind you, this all happens within the first 15-20 minutes of the movie and the first, I don't know, five, six chapters of the book. So you, you are getting this real mature adult themes right off the bat then you get into chamber of secrets and people are literally getting attacked for being muggleborns like there is a huge distaste in the wizarding world for muggles and now while this isn't a sentiment shared by the majority of wizards throughout the story it is a big issue and a big contention point for the story and kind of leading into that division of people there's also division of creatures in Prisoner of Azkaban, you meet one of the best characters in the entire story, Remus Lupin. And he has to hide the fact that he's a werewolf because people hate werewolves and people are afraid of them. Remus Lupin ultimately makes a decision to leave once his identity gets discovered and people find out that he's a werewolf. And he's like, well, it's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable, so I better just leave and remove myself from the situation before things get kind of rocky. He hasn't done anything bad. He hasn't hurt anybody. Well, kind of, but that's a separate issue. But he didn't hurt anybody that was innocent, and he has to leave because people don't like werewolves, and there's this huge prejudice against them. Move into Goblet of Fire. There are huge overtones of what's going on with this series, but I think just small things. The end of the World Cup after the game is over, Death Eaters come out to parade and to torture muggles, and it's like, okay, well, that was escalated quickly. And then I think the book with the best examples of adult themes come with Order of the Phoenix. 
You have Harry dealing with the grief of Cedric dying, him dealing with the survivor's guilt, the rationale of like why did he survive, what was going on. There's a secret war, not necessarily a war at this point, but there's, you know, little skirmishes here and there. The Order of the Phoenix trying to stop Voldemort, Voldemort trying to get the prophecy. Then you have Minister Fudge and the rest of the ministry too scared to admit that Voldemort's back. So they're trying to discredit Dumbledore and Harry, make them out to be some delusional people who don't know anything that they're talking about and just trying to cover this all up while figuring out like okay what's really going on then to top it all off you have the literal worst villain in the entire series Dolores Umbridge causing terror and hardships at Hogwarts you have this psychopath of a woman who believes everything Minister Fudge is saying or doing and is fully backing him up like there were a lot of discussions and theories of like is she under the imperious curse during this movie or is she doing this because she's being forced to by Voldemort like no she is just that batshit that she just does everything that she does throughout that book on her own free will and those are obviously just like some cherry-picked examples of the adult themes throughout this story but I think those are great examples of hey this is a kid's story but there are so many deeper things that take from it there are a lot of discussion points and things to kind of dig into when you really look at the story as a whole and kind of what Harry has to go through in order to complete his journey throughout these seven books and eight movies. Now, my other big thing that I love about the story as a whole is with seven books and so many movies, J.K. Rowling really got to build the world out and make it really expansive. And I think she does this really well by every book, every story, she adds in new places for the characters to explore. We start off with Privet Drive, Hogwarts, and Diagon Alley. You get three kind of basic areas for us to kind of orient ourselves within the story. Then in Chamber, you get an expansion of Diagon Alley where Harry ends up in Nocturne Alley and then you get more places that they explore throughout Hogwarts. Then we get to see Hogsmeade in Prisoner of Azkaban, Goblet of Fire, you get the Riddle House, uh, we see the World Cup and there we get to meet a lot of wizards from different nationalities. We also get the Triwizard Tournament so we get to see schools or at least people from those schools that are in different countries. Ultimately I think she just does a great job of slowly and gradually expanding the universe, expanding the world that they live in where it makes sense. By the end of the story you get a pretty expansive view of what the wizarding world might look like in real life. Part of that world building that J.K. Rowling does so well is spells and magic and expanding the magic, the use of magic. How wizards use it in actuality. We get views of different spells that they're using and potion making, enchantments, magical objects, and it just progressively gets more complicated, complex, dangerous as well, and it all adds to the overall view that this is a big world and they spend a lot of time creating that world to discuss and to look at and to be in awe about. Which is why I love this story so much why i love these books and why i watch these movies over and over again no matter how many times that i've seen them there is always something new for me to take away or learn or rediscover from this story that i love so much now i'm definitely a books over movie guy um the books definitely are able to add a lot more detail more rich backstories you get a lot more plot points that you miss in the movies which is by virtue kind of what happens in any movie adaptation. Um, I really wish that they would make a show about Harry Potter and just kind of dedicate, I don't know, 10 seasons to creating everything from scratch and kind of fleshing out the entire story that J.K. Rowling kind of created. 
think one of my favorite plot points to discuss about Harry Potter is the idea of wand ownership and wand lore as a whole. In Deathly Hallows, one huge misstep that Voldemort takes to his ultimate demise is he thinks that he is the master of the most powerful wand in existence. Dumbledore was in possession of this wand, and then Snape ends up killing him. So then Voldemort, at the end of Deathly Hallows, kills Snape thinking, oh, if I kill the guy who killed the last owner, then... I am now the owner of the most powerful wand. When that's not really how it happened. Before Snape killed Dumbledore, Draco Malfoy disarmed him. At that point, the Elder Wand sent its allegiance to Draco Malfoy, and Harry became the actual owner of the, the most powerful wand because he disarmed Draco Malfoy earlier in that book. And it's a small detail. It's a small plot point that when you think about it, it's like, okay, well, that kind of makes sense, but it's it's opens these doors for more questions about, like, okay, so, like, are one sentient? Do they have their own thoughts and opinions? And the short answer is yes. Um, Ollivander kind of just explains, like, the wand chooses a wizard. That is one of the most iconic lines from the first movie and a pivotal part of understanding magic in the story. So that was, like, the explanation in the book. And that's how they, they circumvented the fact that Voldemort had the Elder Wand, or the most powerful wand in existence. He did note a lot that it wasn't working properly, according to him. The magic that he was performing once he did acquire the Elder Wand was a little bit different. But I'm also curious if the Wand's allegiance had something to do with the fact that Dumbledore let himself willingly die. And if that played a role into the wand changing allegiance. Now, if you were around for Pottermore before that kind of just became a store, um, when it kind of first originated, you were able to take a quiz and it gave you your wand and it kind of gave you some wand lore about uh, wand length, core, wood type, etc., etc. And in that small little article, it did say like, hey, some wands are more temperamental than others. Some are very loyal to their original wizards. Some like some literally die out if their wizard dies or if they become too weak to use them. While others are just like, fuck it, I don't care. I'm going to go to a different owner and it doesn't really matter. And it's weird looking at like Pottermore articles and using that as canon because technically it is canon because J.K. Rowling wrote them. But it's also like, well, this is outside of the story and outside of what we kind of get from the original canon. So like, do we really count it? I, mm, I guess I count it. But it's, it's an interesting thing to think about because she keeps expanding the universe with all these different articles and supplementary texts. And it's like, well, how much of this is her trying to explain things that she didn't properly explain or kind of had plot holes in her original story? And how much of it is just like, hey, this is new information that you might want to look into and read about. I think for this Harry Potter section of my podcast, I'm going to be mixing in a blend of larger plots and themes throughout the books and the movies but I think I'm also going to throw in segments about just smaller things that I, I think about or want to discuss further in detail but I'm also open to suggestions so if you guys think of anything that you want me to talk about anything you want me to explore specifically please let me know for my Potterheads out there um, I did have a question of what do you think is the biggest reason you love this story and for those non-Potterheads, I'm always curious to know why you chose to never read the books or watch the movies or what's keeping you from doing so and exploring that story more. I hope everyone enjoyed this kind of intro podcast and choose to stick around to listen to my adventures in hobbies and passions. And for now, Harry Potter.
Thank you everyone for tuning in and I will catch you next week.